One thing is certain, the world is forever moving forward, and with it people, whoever and wherever they are. For Audi, the future represents a vision to innovate. Driven by the pursuit of progress, Audi regards the future as a guiding philosophy, replete with opportunities and bursting with potential. At Audi, the future's more than a measurement of time, it's an attitude. Join us for The Art of Moving Forward, a series that delves deep into the notion of progress and introduces the people shaping the world that's yet to come. In recent episodes, we've learned more about Audi's e-tron range and how the vehicles represent a break from the standard patterns of internal combustion that stands to shape the future of premium mobility. Today we're taking a holistic look at the car giant's philosophy of progress. We'll ask how, by combining design, innovation and the pursuit of sustainability, the firm is developing a vision of premium mobility that harmonises with the needs of our collective future. We'll meet Marcus Keith, Audi's Chief Engineer of Electric Vehicles, to ask how the e-tron programme stands to propel premium mobility into the future. We'll catch up with Fulke Kieser, Head of Innovation Management at Audi, and we'll hear from Thomas Luca, co-founder of Copenhagen's iconic OEO studio, to ask how thoughtfully designed interiors and a focus on mood and experience reflect the innovative values channeled through Audi's pursuit of a better future. We begin once more in Audi's Ingolstadt HQ, where Marcus Keith, chief engineer for all of Audi's electric vehicles, works with an eye to the future across Audi's e-tron program. So, what does his role entail? As chief engineer, you are responsible to bring a vehicle in time, in cost, with the defined feature set and in the right time to start of production. At the beginning, you do the requirements. You look, what do you have on innovations? What do you have on concepts? Then you bundle a package. And with that package, basically, you're figuring out in which areas do you want to be best. For example, for electric cars at the moment, what drives me, of course, is battery chemistry, which means range for the customer, which means performance. And when you have bundled that, then basically you come up with all departments to timelines and timetables. You have your milestones, you get your basically your budget. In that frame, then basically in a time frame of four years, you bring that car from the early requirement phase, concept phase, then to production. It's a role that allows Marcus to engage with a full spectrum of progressive design, from interiors to digital technologies, all in pursuit of electric driving perfection. So what fresh challenges has working on electric vehicles introduced? I'm with Audi now since 20 years, started there as a regular engineer. Now it changed into electric. It's nice because you can combine our values, the progressive values, the sportiveness, a nice design. And now there's suddenly a big battery. How do you get this battery in the car and still has for the car, have for the customer really all everything he needs or she needs in the interior, you know, the roominess and uh, the quality and so on. Finally then, as a senior figure at Audi, how does Marcus understand the notion of progress? In the early phase of defining a car, grabbing everything we have in the innovation departments and pre-development departments, trying to get a timeline and trying to get them in time to the customer as fast as possible. And this is sometimes hardware, new technologies, also recycled technologies, 
This is also functionality, software and uh, digitalization. So in short, to be as fast as possible, bringing our innovations into the cars and have a serious production. Many thanks to Marcus Keith. As we've just heard, Audi's commitment to premium mobility represents a value system made up of many parts. From digitalization to design, the automotive giant's forward-looking approach stands for its further commitment towards a vision of a bright future. Over the past episodes, we've heard from some of Audi's most senior experts, and we've also been joined by inspiring individuals from the worlds of urbanism and design who've unpacked their own personal visions of progress. In a moment, we're going to pick up with Thomas Luca, the co-founder of Copenhagen's world-famous OEO studio, who'll share his idea of progress and explain the role of interior design in setting the mood and heightening experience, a key to the future of premium mobility. Ahead of that, we'll meet Vulka Kieser, whose work as head of innovation management at Audi sees him lead an ideas factory, exploring and shaping a futuristic world. That's coming up after this. Welcome back to The Art of Moving Forward. Today we're exploring the notion of premium mobility as we look towards tomorrow's world and ask how a commitment to progressive design represents a bolder commitment to our shared future. A moment ago we heard from Marcus Keith, Chief Engineer of Electric Vehicles at Audi. Now we're going to take a look into the future as we meet Fulke Kieser, Audi's Head of Innovation Management. Fulke and his team are dedicated to examining and creating the trends that underpin Audi's future-facing vehicles. So what does this work look like in practice? My responsibility is to deliver new technologies to new car projects so that we show Vorsprung and the customers can live Vorsprung durch Technik. As a sidekick to deliver these technologies, I do the worldwide scouting for Audi Scouting means new technologies, new business models, as well new ways of working. So maybe eight years ago, I put the first experience lab in a German corporate up. And today we are talking about what is coming after agile, it's adaptive working. This is my field of work. So I work internal, external, but all for good for customers' purpose. Fulke works at the cutting edge of the cutting edge, looking into and beyond trends to shape the future. So what then does this man with a foot in tomorrow's world understand by innovation? Innovation is a layer behind progress. So innovation means you have an idea and you bring it to life. So progress is the overall topic, but innovation is my core business. So my name is innovation management, means I take care for ideas who come from research, from suppliers, from startups, from internal co-workers who have cool ideas, and to help these ideas go live in a product. This is innovation, to come from an idea to a market success. Innovation breeds progress, but in practical terms, how does Volker prepare Audi for tomorrow's world? You have a North Star, where you look, what is important in 2030, 2035. So our products we design today will come to market in 26, 27. So customers will drive these cars until 2030, 2032. And then the next customer who buys then a used car still wants a cool Audi. So 
This means as well something like we want to make our customers happy. The cars are still modern and have cool features in the future. From today, it's 10, 12 years, but we have to imagine what would be cool stuff so that a used car buyer stays. This is still a modern car. I love this innovation and I want to have it. We take care for today's product, but as well, we have this North Star vision far behind. So we uh, already have in design and in features cool things for tomorrow. What then does this look like? Where are Fulke and his team seeking to innovate? So we have three big fields where we want to innovate. One is the area of sustainability. Second one is connectivity. Third is about interior design. And in the field of interior design, we have a fully changed how we design a car. It's not like that you have a car where you put a seat in and you have a steering wheel. No, we fully change over to that the interior is more like a living room, a living space, and you're fully easy driving your car. So from his vantage point, looking out across innovation into the future, how does Fulke see mobility changing over the next 5, 10, 50 years? To be honest, 5 and 10 years, this is actually on our desk today. The ideas which are brought, we have here a team of 10,000 engineers. I estimate we have another season now coming up. More than 1,000 ideas come from these colleagues. So they say, we want to go in pre-development because there is where the story starts. And we have guys who started in pre-development and stayed with their idea until serial development. This is something like you get goosebumps because you can tell later your children, this has Papa made. This is one of these moments you're really proud of and can say, I stayed with these ideas. It was not always easy. It's like making a startup. No one sees the blood and sweat. So a thousand more ideas will come. And I, I say it will be again in sustainability. It will be in connectivity. It will be in interior design. The next five to 10 years, I think we have a huge move. What is about design of EVs? If you look to this interior, today we have a lot of ideas about what people are doing, what passengers are doing in the car. But I strongly believe that we have, with a stronger data exchange, connectivity outside, that we have more business models which will be delivered to the car. Simple things like you are driving somewhere, you go to a charger and the car already knows that you want to charge and your charging spot is free. So what is the story I told is it's more seamless. The interior data, the outer ecosystem, everything will be connected. It will be in the flow for the customer. Fulke Kieser are there. Today we've learned about Audi's commitment to tomorrow, how through the pursuit of sustainability, innovation and progressive design, the firm is pursuing a vision of premium mobility in harmony with the needs of individuals around the world, whoever they are and wherever they may be. In a moment, we'll be turning to interiors to learn more from a Copenhagen-based master of design. That's coming up after this. Now we're turning to Copenhagen, where Thomas Luca, co-founder of design practice OEO Studio, plies his trade. Interiors are just one pillar of Audi's commitment to premium mobility, and they happen to be Thomas's stock and trade as well. In a moment, he'll tell us why interiors mean so much. But first, what does the notion of progress mean to Thomas? Progress to me is like 
basically, of course, it can be a progress in terms of doing some work, something going from one place to another, like in terms of having a set goal or a finish line. I think also progress to me is something that you try to achieve and and strive to becoming, maybe it can also be better at what you do. So we have this mantra of reason for being, which is always like fine tune what you do and try to do it better and learning from your experience and whatnot. So that becomes like a progression of what you do and always like trying to fine tune, become better, be alert and responsive. I think also like, how can you stay relevant? The minute I'm, or we are not relevant, we would be out of business, right? So to me, it's like staying relevant to the market and to people's needs and always trying to do better. How then does Thomas bring this definition to bear in the work of OEO design? To me, it's very emotional. It's also very intuitive. So it's like that feeling you have in your gut when something is working or not. But it's also about always being a little, um, you know, self-criticism. Could I have done this better or what went wrong or what can we learn and what can I take with me from the previous work we've done or what worked and what absolutely didn't work? And then you, you take that learnings and you use that again to progress in what you do, both as professional life, but also as a human being. To me, it's like evolving. Thomas and his colleagues bring an incredible creativity to their approach to design. Where does he find inspiration? It is really being with other people, other cultures, being curious. It doesn't have to be pretty. It can be totally kitsch or off. I believe that you can find inspiration in almost anything and use that other quirkiness or beauty or materiality or contrast. It can also be from a book or watching a movie, having a chat and talk with friends or even somebody you don't know. Uh, it can also just be strolling down the street and you see something that's quite interesting. I guess it's about being awake or just like being responsive to what's going on around you. I'm not the type that goes through design magazines. I actually don't have any because you can't get too influenced by what's going on. It's an assertive approach that reflects an engaged belief in the work of the studio. Rather than follow, Thomas prefers to lead through design, surely the mark of a true visionary and one we see reflected in the clearly defined philosophy underpinning premium mobility. Over the course of this series, we've heard from some of the brilliant minds who've crystallised that philosophy in the Audi e-tron programme. They agree that interiors are integral, so why does Thomas see environments as crucial to people's well-being and an essential cornerstone of future-facing design? Basically about instincts and the genes and our DNA. I think it comes from when we were like in the Stone Age. It's something that is so deep-rooted in our genes. You know, it is about security, safety, shelter. It's about like a place where you can leave your barriers down, you feel welcome, you feel the warmth, you stop like being alert. I think that's, you know, really primitively, but I think that's the basic needs for interiors. You know, when you make something too futuristic, it also becomes very inhumane. And I think that's where it goes wrong because it becomes alien to us. And it's not like when I look at it, I cannot, wow, that's amazing, it's beautiful. It's, but it's not, is it a place I would like to live like that? No, I, I probably couldn't. And no matter how fast things go, because it goes extremely fast with technology these days and materials and whatnot and innovation, but I still think we need to remember 
our human DNA. And, you know, you cannot trick our minds to process faster than we already do. I mean, our computers process faster and the information overload and all that. But our brains, I mean, we have a capacity. We are not like uh, super machines, right? So I think it's, it's very much about creating environments that we emotionally get connected to. And that is not something that you can tell people. It's just something that happens. You know what it is like when you walk down into a small little bar and it has that right ambience and coziness and you feel relaxed the minute you walk in and you're just like, oh, I could stay here forever. So forward-thinking design should be seen as part of a continuum, stretching back into our early days and head into tomorrow's world. But what are the material elements that, for Thomas, contribute to the best in interiors? I'm obsessed with the right acoustics, you know, like soundproofing. There's nothing that can ruin an interior more than bad sound or noise that you can hear an echo of when you talk or other people talk. Also, bad lighting. To have the right setting of lighting is also extremely important. And then I would say all the materials, the, what you feel and touch, not only what you see, but also is the way you, f- when it feels. I always say I see with my fingers. You can fake everything on pictures, right? You can see something and it looks beautiful. And then you see it real life and you start touching and it's just like, nah, this is not it. This is not really what I imagine it to be. I mean, it is a tactile experience. It is about these surfaces, the right element of quality and stitching the small details and, and all this. I think that's important elements. And it's all these components when they come together as a whole. That is what makes a great interiors. I mean, to me. With this in mind, that a well-designed space should engage not just the senses, but emotion too, what makes design innovate? I think when people think about innovation, they always think big. Big innovation is like cleaning the oceans. That's a great innovation. It also has a purpose and something we definitely need for. I think also it's also innovation to be able to send a space shuttle to Mars. A lot of things that happen in the tech world, also in the car industry and um, I mean, soon we will probably have planes flying on batteries or on hydrogen or something else, less polluting, which is good. To me, also, innovation can also be in a small things, things that doesn't necessarily have to be about tech. I mean, how can you take something ancient? Like we did this project from Japan, which was working with six craftsmen. And then that was actually much more about communication. And to me, I think that is actually innovation. It's not like huge innovation, but it's how can you evolve these ancient crafts and craftsmen and help them stay relevant in in the world we live in today. To me, that is actually innovation. And I think there's a lot of small things like that that is as relevant as big innovations. And I think that is, even though it was much more like of a communication task, communication is also to me design in a way. So it's again where it all goes hand in hand. Because to me, I think actually the best design is stuff that communicates to you. You just understand it the minute you see it. And so it's kind of like it has its own voice in a way. To conclude then, how does Thomas think good design can contribute to a better future? Good design, I mean, then we talk about end product, right? And that is, again, it's like if we make great end products that it also has sustainability built in, either in the materials or in the way it's run, Because I think what you, in the end, do is also what people see. 
And if you talk about it, and this is what we've been working on for, let, let's say, five years to come to this goal, many, many people has put all their thinking into it, all their hours and passion to build something that is highly innovative and also has this built-in factor of being sustainable, then I think we're hitting the right way. And I think that's super interesting. I always say that to my partner, Anne-Marie, that because we're doing interiors and furniture and whatnot, I'm always like, I mean, what should we actually be doing to make really be making something that has huge impact on what we do? I think there's great examples of great design that actually does that. You had the life straw thing, like I think it was a Danish guy that, that did this straw where you could like from polluted water and you could drink. So of course that has a huge impact in the polluted areas if there's a flooding or whatnot, so people can actually survive. Good design is the solution to many problems. And I think the minute we go away from that design is just about making things look pretty, but it actually has a purpose and a function and it actually solves things. But it's also our task as designers to communicate that to the end user. So it doesn't just become about the next season colors or next season stone, because to me that is hollow. It should be bigger than that, right? Many thanks to Thomas Luca. That's all we've got time for on this edition of The Art of Moving Forward. We've learned more about the values underpinning Audi's approach to premium mobility and taken a look into the future to ask how the car giant's head of innovation sees personal transport changing in the years to come. We've also explored the ways in which interior design is capable of shaping mood, engaging with the senses and meeting the needs of our collective future. On the next edition, we'll digest some of the lessons we've learned across this series and we'll zoom out to take a macro view on the way innovation stands to impact tomorrow's world for the better. You can find out more at monocle.com and catch up anytime on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for being with us. Further information on official fuel consumption figures and the official specific CO2 emissions of new passenger cars can be found in the guide Information on the Fuel Consumption, CO2 Emissions and Electricity Consumption of New Cars, which is available free of charge at all sales dealerships and from DAT Deutsche Automobil, Treuhand GmbH, Helmut Hertzstrasse 1, 73760, Offildernsch Farnhaus in Germany, www.dat.de.